Hey friends, Rich here. I know here we are in middle of June and many of us are thinking about this whole reopening issue. You know, we're trying to think about the fall and what can we do to position ourselves, to position our facilities so that we can welcome more guests. Are you ready for reopening? Listen, I want to point you towards the architecture and design firm Rise Point because they want to help really align your facility with the mission and vision that God has given your church. How do they do that? Well, they look at all the guest touch points and decide what are the areas we need to invest or improve uh, really to get ready to welcome more guests. That's why RisePoint has developed what they call the needs analysis. This is a fantastic tool. The needs analysis is a comprehensive look at your site to seat experience through the lens of first time guests. Now is the time more than ever we need to be examining this. We need to be looking into this issue. It starts with in-person meetings, getting to know your church, evaluating your signage, interiors, building, flow, everything. It culminates with an incredibly detailed report, including budget options and recommendations. Listen, if you want to learn more, head over to risepoint.com and click on the needs analysis or just go to theneedsanalysis.com. Let them know that on seminary sent you and you'll get $500 off. Listen, this amazing first step tool will help you increase your guest touch points. Again, that's theneedsanalysis.com. Tell them that on seminary sent you. Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Hey friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in. Uh, Today's episode is just going to be a great one. You're going to be really... uh, just going to be rewarded for being here today. I'm so honored that we've got our uh, guest today, Abby Eckert. She is from The Journey Church. This is a fantastic church with, uh, I think, two locations in Delaware, if I can count correctly, plus uh, online. This is a fantastic church with just all kinds of lessons we can learn. It's one of the fastest growing churches in the country repeatedly. Uh, Abby, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I'm so excited to, to be here with you guys today. Yeah, this is going to be great. Why don't you tell us a little bit more, fill out the picture of the journey, and tell us about your role at the church. Absolutely. So uh, I have the privilege of being part of the Journey Church, just like you said, here in Delaware. Uh, We pride ourselves on being the first state and the second smallest state. So if you're wondering, is it a county in Pennsylvania? No, we are our own state. And so uh, we we love um, getting to reach people here. So the journey was founded by uh, our lead pastor, Mark, and his wife, Susie, in 2007. Um, but we actually became the journey, went through a big rebrand, became the journey um, in 2009, right here in Newark. We're about two miles, not even from, away from University of Delaware. And mm-hmm. um, we just have had the privilege of reaching people um, who don't yet know Jesus. That's really our our heart mm-hmm. and who we're chasing after. And um, mm-hmm. so I've just had the privilege of doing ministry here. Like you mentioned, we now have two physical locations um, in the state of Delaware as well as online. And mm-hmm. um, I am our next step pastor here. So I get mm-hmm. to oversee everything from groups to teams to leadership development 
and then it's ministry. So kind of like everything else in between. <laughs> right. Love it. So good. And, you know, one of the things I'm looking forward to digging into here a little bit, next steps, that makes me think about how do we get people connected? How does how do we help people go from, you know, just being in our in our rooms or online to getting kind of connected to the core of our church? A lot of our churches over this last year, we've struggled in this area, this whole mm-hmm. issue yeah. of people being disconnected, uh, obviously with COVID. And then it just it seems to be hanging on. It just is... <laughs> You know, it just continued and, that way. What what has the journey's experience been through that? When you think about uh, just the whole kind of you know COVID experience and how how that's impacted your ability to connect with people, what's that look like for you guys? Yeah, so I think one of the biggest things that has always been true is that we have mm-hmm. to help people take steps, not leaps. And I think throughout COVID, that's become even more important that people aren't ready for for leaps, but they, they mm. still need steps. Those steps may be smaller than we thought that mm-hmm. they were before. They may require some more high touch experiences, kind of some more handholding, but I think steps, not leaps is, is so key. Mm. Cause for us, we, we really started to see more and more disconnection happening, you know, right. As, as COVID um, happened in, in March of last year, started to see our core people continue to be connected, but our fringe people um, just became more and more disconnected, you know, 15 months later, it's like, where, where are they? So that disconnection has Mm -hmm. been a big piece we've been trying to figure out. Yeah. We've seen even statistically, there's evidence that um, our friends at the Barna group did a study where they've, that lots of churches report that 20% of their attendance has, has gone. And it's like, we just are not sure where those people are. They're just completely disconnected. And we, we hear that time and again. So how did you guys address that at the journey? What did that look like for you kind of in that, uh, you know, maybe in those early stages of COVID and then as, you know, COVID's continued to, you know, and its impact has continued to kind of roll itself out. Yeah. So I think, um, the biggest, the biggest thing for, for us was just creating high touch experiences, which was Mm -hmm. hard to do when we physically could not be together. But that high touch has been a thing that we have said over and over and over again. And Mm -hmm. I say that because of using technology to our advantage. So we've been talking about how do we create high tech, high touch and high heart experiences. Mm. Like let's lean into technology and let technology do what only it can do so that we can deploy the resources that we used to spend on technology, admin, you know, behind the scenes database stuff and put those into having real high touch connective experiences with people um, Mm. with our team being high heart, you know, having a heart for this house and a heart for the city and a heart for, Mm. for God. So um, one of the very first things that we did at the beginning of COVID, this was one of my uh, favorite experiences. So we have shuttles for our, our mm-hmm. church. We used to use those for offsite parking because we couldn't fit everybody in our parking <laughs> right. lot. Um, so we needed a new purpose for everything, including our shuttles. So at the yes. very beginning of COVID, we loaded up those shuttles with 750 um, branded journey t-shirts with thank you notes. And we drove them around um, to all of our day teamers all throughout what we call journey city. Um, And Mm -hmm. so they got a ring on their doorbell and they looked out and there were two smiling day teamers. You know, we made it so that there was like, it was contactless. There was no touch, but it was our way of just saying, Hey, we still see you. We love you. And then we got to get some of our swag um, into their, their hands in those early days. And so that was really one of those key. I love that high touch experiences. Yeah. Yeah. And has, so we've seen uh, many churches through this, this period, um, you know, large churches, small churches have also been doing like a lot of, um, you know, what I would call maybe like high cost, 
uh, like tons of labor, whether it's like phoning people or doing direct outreach. Did you do anything else like that? And when you think about high touch, is there another example of the kind of thing that you did that, um, you know, that, that helped you stay connected with people? Yeah, I love how you said that because that one is something where it can seem like, oh, well, we don't have the resources to do that. And we've been in that boat before. Um, and as a church, many, many years, we're like, we don't have the resources to do that. So one of the best things that we did, which is cost us nothing, is we developed a brand new team during COVID, which now we continue to have kind of post as we're coming out of that, which is our connections team. And it's almost mm-hmm. embarrassing to say, like, we didn't do this before COVID. We had <laughs> sure, basic, sure. you know, we would do basic outreach and follow up if somebody said, hey, I was a first time guest or I put my faith in Jesus. You know, we'd send them an email. We'd give them a gift mm-hmm. on site. But I think there was kind of that like, hey, we don't want to get in their business. And now it's like, we've got to get in their business because if we don't, who mm-hmm. will, you know? And mm-hmm. so, so we deployed our connections team to make calls. Every time somebody put their faith in Jesus, they get a call from us. You know, when somebody signs up to get baptized, they get a call from us. When they were first time guests, they get a call from us. We also have that team periodically going through our, we call them our J teamers, our volunteers, people who give, and they're just making calls. There's no reason. There's no clear next step. It's just a way for us to say, Hey, we're from your church family. We love you. How's it going? And how can we pray for you? And that's been huge for us. I love this. We've heard this time and again through the season. And in fact, actually, I'm doing some work with the church right now where, um, so in this current season right now, they're in the process of calling 2000 dream teamers. And then mm-hmm. by the, by uh, labor day, their goal is to try to get out to 10,000 people you know, that have been connected to the church. And it's, it's exactly driven by this. It's like, Hey, we just want to connect. We just want to know where it's, we're not, this is not a collections call. This is not a, Hey, please come back to the church call. Yeah. It's just, Hey, where, where are you at? We, we'd love to, you know, pray with you. What's happening in your world. Uh, we want to let you know we're, we're still here. I love that. Now, do you, when, when you talk about that uh, kind of connections process, a lot of churches have like a, whether it's like a newcomer's class or growth track or that kind of thing, does the journey have that sort of thing? And how has that been impacted in this season as you're trying to help people take, I love that steps, not leaps. Uh, What has that looked like for you through this season? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, right before, so very end of 2019, we've had growth track here for years. It's kind of gone through a three or four step process. Um, but growth Mm -hmm. track has, had worked very well for us for a decade, but we started to realize that for our growth track, people were coming to growth track, but they weren't actually taking the final step of joining the mm-hmm. team and being part of our our serving uh, family here. And so we had already pre-COVID started having discussions about um, what is it that people want? What is it that people need? And I think we actually stumbled on something before we needed to of creating <laughs> this this kind of hybrid customizable experience, which again, Mm. I think COVID just, it was an accelerator. And I think people, it's just like, it, you know, nobody's watching something on TV when it comes on. We're all choosing what we want to watch when we want to watch it, how we want to watch it. Mm -hmm. So um, the weekend, right before we had to shut down, we were about to launch something that we've called (laughs) plugged in um, that I am now excited to tell you this coming weekend. So 15 months later, we are going to be launching yes. <laughs> an in-person version. Getting back to um, it. <laughs> back to it. Um, of something that we're calling Plugged In, which is all about, uh, we've been saying, how do we get people from seat to serve? So whether that's seat in a physical mm-hmm. location or a seat on their couch, mm-hmm. from seat to mm-hmm. serve. And it is a experience that they can do in 30 minutes or less, where we share a little bit of the vision behind what it's like for serving. And then they get paired uh, with a coach and have a one-on-one conversation rather than putting them in a room where they're watching a video 
um, for mm. multiple weeks with multiple people. Um, we're going to be putting them in a, in a high touch experience right away. And they will leave that experience knowing where they want to serve. They'll be connected to a team. And then on the back end, uh, we've shot some really short videos that they can watch in 30 minutes or less where we get to share some of the culture and context with them. So we've created this hybrid experience. It's not all in person. It's not all online. We've been using the advantages um, of both um, that we're really confident is going to help us um, create that culture on our J-Team family. So we're excited about it. Oh, I love that. I love the idea of like, hey, we kind of have, if I understand correctly, it's like this 30-minute kind of overview, and then that dumps to a, a, an actual conversation we're going to get in, in front of someone. And then they're based on, I'm assuming, based on that conversation, then, hey, here's some other videos that would be really specific to this person that would actually kind of help them. I love that. That's so great. How, how that middle step, the, the one-on-one, tell me more about that. How have you found those leaders? Who are those people? What kind of training have you done for them? You know, what is, what does that process look like? Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, we have, we call those our coaches and they've been part mm-hmm. of, um, they've been part of our plugged in or our next steps team. So these are people who are really used to talking to other people. They're highly connective. Um, and so in training, we've kind of done two things. One, we've given them a resource of questions to ask and we've trained them on the teams. And so they know how to ask, Hey, do you want a weekday team or a weekend team? Hey, do you like being in front of people or do you prefer being behind the scenes? They're trained to just, Mm -hmm. we always tell them your biggest goal is connection. Cause if somebody connects Mm -hmm. with you, um, then they're willing to, to take that, that next step that you suggest. So, you know, we've got some things and I'd be happy to share them um, with you guys on questions to ask and how to do that. And um, all the different teams that they can, that they can serve on. But the biggest thing is asking questions and getting to know them. And our other hope, one of the biggest things we would see is that people would join a team, then for whatever reali- like whatever reason, realize it wasn't the right team for them. And mm-hmm. I totally understand this. Rather than just telling the person who is so passionate about kids or so passionate about worship or so passionate about production that they don't want to serve there anymore and they want to find mm-hmm. a different place to serve, what happened? They just fell off the face of the planet. Yes, and yes. They're often, you know, many of them were reaching unchurched people. They don't know yet. Like, it's okay. You know, you belong here. It's all right. And so our hope is that our plugged in coaches really become this neutral party. So Mm -hmm. they're going to check in after somebody's first serve experience in kids. And so that person will have, they don't have to tell the kids leader who's so passionate and excited. And thank goodness. (laughs) That's why they're the kids leader. (laughs) They don't have to tell them. Honestly, I realized I don't like kids at all. I need to find somewhere else <laughs> yes. to serve. Like, so our hope is that this kind of just provides another more neutral connection point where we can say, hey, we'll just, let's keep trying it. Let's keep trying it. What about impressions? What about worship? What about leading a group? Um, until we help them find the right fit on the team. Yeah, I love that. Friends that you're listening in, that is a best practice um, that I love that the journey is employing that. And we've seen that in many just great churches where, hey, we want to create an outlet and an easy off ramp for people, because if we don't, what will happen is they'll either suffer on the vine. I was I heard recently about a volunteer <laughs> who showed up at a church and said, you know, at the last church I was at, I, I volunteered what for what I thought was two weekends for kids ministry. And 17 years later, I was still there. Literally, true story. 
And, and she said, I hated it all 17 years and is like burnt out and crusty. We don't want that to happen. But then on the other side is also to, we want people to be placed in an area that they feel like they're coming alive on. And I love that uh, opportunity. So, so good. Now, one of the things by, as in kind of an outsider looking in at the journey, it seems like uh, your church is really good at uh, helping people, motivating people to actually serve, to make a difference, to get out of their seats and into the streets, to actually do something uh, in in the life of your community in Journey City, as you say. Can you tell us a little bit about that? What's that look like maybe in the past, during COVID? What do you think that'll look like in the future? Yeah, so I think, so where we're from, we have a big Catholic population. I actually grew up mm-hmm. Catholic. So coming yep. to the journey was like, wait, you can, I don't, what is going on, right? These people yes. are like, they're participating. They're not just watching, you know, so yep. we, yeah, absolutely. we call our, you know, our, our, our weekend experiences or services. They're not services, they're gatherings. And we tell people there's a reason for that because we want you to participate. We want you to be a part of it. So I think part mm-hmm. of what attracts people is that there's not this high barrier to entry. They come and they mm-hmm. immediately feel like they can be part of what we're doing here. I think one of the biggest areas for us where we have just seen so much growth um, and has always been part of our heartbeat is getting out and serving our city. So we call that here Code Red. It's our, our missions and outreach um, initiative. And I think especially during COVID, our team just went into action, identifying what the needs are. And before mm-hmm. we were ever physically meeting again for weekends, we had Code Red teams meeting in person um, to be able mm-hmm. to serve, you know, serve food and serve people in our community. And I think our church love getting to be a part of that because they could tangibly see how their serving was making a difference. I mean, they were physically giving a hungry person food. And I think Mm -hmm. that just gets people there like, I want more of that in my life. That's Mm. been a huge win for us. So good. Love that. Again, friends want to underline that particularly in cultures, which all of our communities are becoming increasingly unchurched, we need to use community service as a way to connect with people. It's a, it's a way, yeah. it's not only a good thing, it's what we should be doing as a church, but it's a great pathway. It's a God thing. It's a pathway for people to get connected ultimately to uh, to our church and to Jesus. So I love that. Love that. So good. Pivoting a little bit into maybe something a little bit different uh, kind of in this area, but just more from a, a leadership point of view. Man, this season has had so much uncertainty in it. It's like this season, <laughs> it's like 2020, 2021. I remember at the beginning of 20. 21, we were like, people were like, oh, I'm so glad 2020 is behind us. It's like, we're still here. We're still got lots of uncertainty. How are you dealing with that? How, how do you continue to push forward and do new initiatives and all that? What does that look like for you? How are you dealing with uncertainty and leadership? Yeah, well, Rich, I think true words have never been spoken. Like the uncertainty mm-hmm. is still lingering. And I think in, in other ways, the crisis doesn't feel as much of a crisis. And so it, yes. we started to settle in. And that's, I think, part mm. of where the uncertainty is really coming from is you're settling of like, hey, is this like, I think right now, the things that we're doing in our churches and our organizations and our cities are really going to be defining for the years to come because we're starting to settle mm. into what's next and what's new. So I think w- one of the big things that we see in our team is experiencing is the importance. I mean, everybody who's listening, well, they'll be like, of course, I know, but the importance of leading with a clear why and mm. a clear what, because mm. I think our tendency when so many things are out of control is to control the things we can control, which are often the house that we're going to do this mm. thing. We're going to do that thing. We, we know how to 
take this thing online or we know how to do this thing in mm. person. And I think sometimes we are, are missing the really important part of saying, what is my why? What is the problem I'm trying to solve here? Mm. Am I doing this mm-hmm. event because it'll feel good and it feels normal? <laughs> or am I doing this because this is a step to lead somebody to the next step. So I think it's so important right now for us to make sure we, uh, myself included, I catch myself doing this all the time, leading with a clear why and a clear what, and then letting Mm -hmm. the people around us um, drive up the how. I think especially we started to see because so many people were uncertain, they started looking Mm -hmm. up. I need a pastor to tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. I need a Mm -hmm. leader to tell me what to do. And while I think the influence of pastors and leaders are so important, I think at the same time, we we started to lose a little bit for us. I mean, empowerment's a biblical mandate. I don't know the best way to host plugged in or this group or this Mm. team or this session or this song. And so I think we've had to work even harder for people to realize, hey, like, you know, God gave you the answer. Mm -hmm. Like God gave Mm -hmm. me the why, but he gave you the how. He gave you the gifts. And I think getting that back into the culture of our churches is so key right now. Love that. How have you been articulating the why to your team? What has that looked like? How have you kind of kept, because this has been a season, you know, I would think particularly in the whole connections or next step area, this has been a challenging season on that front. How have you kept that in front of your team? What have you been doing to try to articulate uh, the why more clearly to your team? Any examples of that? Yeah, I think one of the things that our lead pastor has, has said and taught me over and over is that vision is the currency of leadership. And I actually just had a conversation with him about this last week, because I think for many of many of your listeners, it's like we, I'm sure they're like, hey, we leave with the why. We've got a clear mission statement. Ours is to help people find Jesus and follow him fully. And I think even somebody on the front lines would be able to tell you that or something close to that. Mm-hmm. But I think we underestimate thinking like, hey, I know the words of the why, meaning that we know the actual why. And mm-hmm. so I think one of the most important things we can do as leaders is to realize the why only matters if we can identify why it matters to the other person. So Mm. part of casting vision, part of keeping people focused on the why is to help them identify what, what is the problem that they have that this thing could solve? I think Mm. that is, we think, well, we have the words. No, no, no. What does it mean for them? What's their felt need? Why should they care that we launch this group? Why should they care mm. that we launch a location? Why is it, should they care that we do this thing? Because if we can figure out why they care and we can connect with them, um, then I think we start to make some major progress. Yeah, I love that. You know, t- taking the extra step of saying, thinking about our people and thinking yeah. about, okay, how do I communicate this in a way that lands the most clearly for them um, that connects to where they're at? Um, you know, when we used to be just in person, you know, I would always say, you know, we've got to make sure that the folks that are cleaning up stuff, the vacuuming and cleaning yeah. the floors, that they understand that what they're doing is critically important. And if they can't articulate, if they don't understand how me cleaning this floor or me, you know, ensuring that there's no webs in the corner that how that connects to the mission we're not doing our mm-hmm. job we're not yeah. we're not connecting them to the bigger vision i love that so so good so much great stuff here today this has been super <laughs> helpful when you think to the future kind of peer up over the horizon a little bit um obviously we've talked about the new plugged in process that's fantastic are there other things questions you're asking about connection uh that you're as you look to the future a little bit as you think hmm, here's some stuff we're going to be maybe changing or wrestling with as we look to the future yeah, I think um, 
I think some of the, the, one of the best disciplines we've had actually is Mm -hmm. measuring what matters. And I think that when, especially when you talk connections and next steps and people growing, that there's Mm -hmm. this instant kind of pushback of like, we don't have to measure everything. And I know like, Hey, there's, there's that, our, our saying of like, Hey, every number is a name. Every name is a person. Every person matters to God. And I think we can get kind of insulated to that. But I am just, mm. I think smart leadership right now um, is measuring what matters. It's only sterile if you don't tell a story with it. So that's mm. like another one of our big core values in our culture is live for the story. So if we just mm. say, hey, we saw 68 people get baptized two weeks ago, people can can cheer. Okay, that's great. But when we get to pair that with a story, let me tell you about Jen. Let me tell you when Jen came mm. to our church. Let me tell you about mm-hmm. Jen's son. Let me tell you about... So, so when true. I can tell you about Jen, and I can tell you that 67 people besides Jen went public with their mm. faith, now we're rocking and rolling. And so I think as mm. we look to the future, it's that diligence about what is our why, what's our what, and then figuring mm. out, hey, we're just going to measure what matters. So on Connections... We're going to measure those those calls. I had a sense a couple of months ago. I was like, I think we're making calls, but is anybody answering? Like, yes, is yes, anybody yes. answering the calls? I don't answer a call if I don't <laughs> I don't know where like the number is. <laughs> right, 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 right. So does the voicemail make an impact? Should we be texting them instead? So I just think those are things that we um, that we can learn. So I think looking ahead to the future, keeping our why clear, keeping our vision clear, um, really keeping our staff and leaders engaged of helping. I mean, they're the ones who are sleeping the floors. They're the ones who mm, are mm. setting up portable campuses, uh, you know, at, at 5 a.m. in the rain. Mm-hmm. So I think keeping that clear why, um, loving our people. We always talk about our J teamers are the heroes of our church, keeping them as the mm-hmm. heroes and then letting measurement, um, come along with story to say, this is what Mm. we're doing. This is how we know it's working. Um, And here's who it's impacting and a personal story about it. I think that makes a big difference. So good. This has been fantastic. This has been like a masterclass in connection. So many good (laughs) ideas here, Abby. I really appreciate you being on the podcast. Anything else you want to share just as we wrap up today's episode? Um, I think I would say don't count yourself out too soon. Um, mm. I think individually as leaders, but also as, as churches, um, I've mm. gotten the privilege to be here at the journey for, uh, over 10 years. And so, um, I always, you know, I think people may be surprised. We're so privileged of now having, um, a, a physical location, but I think people would be surprised sometimes of like, Hey, that looks great, but we did it cheap. That's it's called stewardship, mm. you know? Mm. Um, and so I think I, I would often see churches and what they're doing like, oh, we can't do that. And it's like, no, 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 you gotta, you know, you gotta ask God, you know, ask, ask him to, mm-hmm. uh, to show you how do you steward what he's given you? And that's not just money, it's your people. And I think God, um, will, will honor that. And some of the stories I got to tell you about our mm-hmm. code red teams and our serving initiatives. I mean, those were, those things were dreams seven years mm-hmm. ago. And right. we just, we're faithful, you know, towards what God was calling us to do. And now we're seeing his, his blessing on it in a big way. So don't count yourself out, be innovative. You don't have to have all the money or all the people. Um, I've never in my entire ministry career felt like I had all the people or all the money I, I needed. And <laughs> sure. I think that's where God shows up. If you have everything you need, God Love doesn't it. need to be there. Right. So. Love it. 
Abby, this has been so helpful. Thank you so much. If people want to get in touch with you or track with the church and kind of follow along with your story, where, where do we want to send them? Oh, absolutely. So our, you know, our website is yourjourney.tv, like television. That's what we always tell people. They're like, like what? Uh, .tv, like television. <laughs> um, and of course, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, and YouTube as well. Thanks so much. Really appreciate being on the show today. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.